1: that's 800-306-1760.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council.
3: But it's something else to watch two men at the highest level battle, and one may be favored over the other, but you never know what's going to happen. And and that's what, that's
4: why boxing is the way it is.
2: And now the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history. He comes on damn near parpedos full steam ahead, Pedro Fernandez. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. Often imitated, but never duplicated. 37 make deaths, 38 plus years now of knocking out all bums. Who am I? My name is Pedro Fernandez. I am ever so modest host. I'm also an award-winning writer, and I won four Golden Glove titles in my time. So, allegedly, supposedly... I know a little bit about boxing, but I've always found the average fan knows more than me. So I will open up this toll-free phone line. If you'd like to impart, you can. The number, 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Or if you want to go incognito, you can text me here in the studio, the two-studio text number, 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. Well, the fat lady has sung. Manny Pacquiao is toast. Stick a fork in him. Bottom line is, the Cuban that beat him last week isn't a great fighter, but Yorty Ugas, uh, give him props. He won that fight clearly, no doubt about that. Manny Pacquiao talking about cramps. We'll hear his post fight speech a little bit later, but he's talking about cramps, this and that. The bottom line is, Father Time is undefeated. He is just unbeaten. Nobody beats Father Time, and Manny Pacquiao was 42 years old. So, Manny Pacquiao, we'll talk about the uh, world of boxing in large. Of course, Tyrone Woodley and Jake Paul. Who's that? Jake Paul is this YouTube freak that a lot of you people are getting off on. To me, not so much. Bottom line is, he's going to fight a former MMA fighter tomorrow night, an MMA champion, and Tyron Woodley, the former welterweight champion of the USC. That's tomorrow night on pay per view. So, we'll get to that, and I'll take the back. Showtime. We'll get to that in extent, to an extent on this show as well. This this is Ring Talk live worldwide coming to you on Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USC channel, WBC TV, and of course, VEEV TV, the happening network. You are tuned to Ring Talk.
4: not valid in all states or were prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details.
0: Need cash today? Have bad credit or maxed out cards? GotLoans.com can help. GotLoans.com is one of the nation's largest personal loan networks with over 100 different lenders. You can get up to $5,000 with no paperwork. Get your cash as soon as tomorrow. Just have a checking account and a regular income source. For the personal loan you need now, whatever your credit, it's GotLoans.com. On your smartphone or computer, GotLoans.com. Angie's List is now Angie. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or you're planning your dream renovation, Angie connects you with top local pros who can get the job done right.
1: See
3: reviews, compare quotes, and book hundreds of projects.
0: Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with our happiness guarantee. Check out Angie.com and for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen
1: the Dave's single from Wendy's made with fresh, never frozen beef has the power to blow your mind. But now that the Dave single is buy one, get one for a buck, as well as the spicy or classic chicken sandwich and the spicy or crispy 10-piece nuggets, Wendy's Bogo for $1 deal is going to blow your mind and your speakers.
0: Get these faves. Bogo $1 only at Wendy's. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with combo or any other offer.
1: My doctor prescribed me Viagra. That's 800-817-2968 Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. 12, 12
3: and a half minutes past the hour. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC-TV, of course, for Saturday, August 28, 2021. Of course, Manny Pacquiao, a week now in the rearview mirror, of course, coming off that 12-round loss to Yordi Ergis. Of course, a lot of people thought that you know, Pacquiao would smoke Ugas, said this wasn't going to go the route, that Manny Pacquiao was going to roar back and this and that. And, you know, I'm probably going to take a negative on this one, but the bottom line is when you look at Manny Pacquiao, had he really not gotten the gift of the boxing establishment, had the boxing establishment had not turned their back on Juan Manuel Marquez in those first two fights, It had been Marquez, a superstar, probably not Manny Pacquiao. All those divisions in which he won titles, yes, it was impressive. But the bottom line is, at any of those weight classes, he was never the greatest, per se. I mean, at 126 pounds, you're trying to tell me he beats Alexis Arguez at 126 and 130, or Salvador Sanchez, no way, no how. 135, you're trying to tell me that he beats Pernell Whitaker, and I'm not even going to go higher than 135 pounds. Of course, when he was down at his best weight, probably 122, when he beat Ledlow Ledwaba, in 2000, was it 2000, I believe, or 2001, of course, for the IBF 122-pound title, he was a last-minute substitute. So in essence, he was done in by his own M.O. In other words, you know, he came in and won the title as a last-minute substitute when he fought Ludwaba And, of course, now this last-minute substitute comes in for Earl Spence on less than t- uh, two weeks' notice in schools. Bottom line is, at the end of 12 rounds, you know Yordi Udi Ergus won that fight. No doubt about that. Now, Manny Pacquiao, is he going to fight again? Well,
5: here's what Manny has to say. Assess your performance tonight against Yordani Sugas.:
6: My performance right tonight is uh, not really 100%. Uh, it happened uh, second, third round I have um, cramping my, my both legs uh, I cannot move so if my legs I think if my legs does not, not hurt uh, I can outbox him by you know moving past side by side it happened that uh, my my legs stuck so
5: you've had that issue before Manny but not at age 42 how much was age a factor tonight?
6: Oh, um, big factor, but uh, you know, it just happened that my legs are uh, cramping uh, tight. So,
5: it was hard to make adjustments against Jordenis Ugas tonight. Do you regret taking this fight on short notice?
6: I'm not regret that. It's boxing. I'm a fighter, so um, that's boxing. It happened that way.
5: How will this performance influence your decision? To either come back to the ring, or retire.
6: Um, Right now, probably thinking about retirement. What is it about tonight? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not uh, closing this. Uh, It's not a percentage. Uh, Sixty forty.
5: There's also a political career for you that awaits you, but you've given boxing fans over two decades of your life. Uh, What's your message
6: to them? if this is your your final hurrah as a fighter? Um, I want to thank the fans, boxing fans, for always uh, praying for us, supporting us. And I know that uh, um, there's a lot of uh, fighters, uh, young fighters right now. Um, I think uh, what I have done in boxing, uh, at least uh, I contributed uh, a record in boxing. And back in backing history for how many decades?
5: Manny, I want to thank you on behalf of all fight fans for your over two decades, the eight titles you won in different weight classes, for fighting the best over every weight class that you were in, five-time lineal champion. We wish you the best. Thank you. Manny Pacquiao, of course, post Ugas
3: last week. Of course, a 12-round decision loss, and it was a deserved loss. I mean, some people said to me, oh, did you think Manny could have won that fight? It was close. It wasn't close unless you were closing your eyes. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, a.k.a. WBC-TV, of course, coming to you live on the Vive TV network and Sports Byline, of course, Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel, all kinds of different platforms. That is our video stream, of course, coming to you live on iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, channel 217, of course, that's some of our audio feeds as well as sportsbyline.com. Straight up, we take it to the East Coast, bring in the... Bronx Bomber himself. We'll talk about boxing's PhD, Mr. Socrates Palmer Jr. And how are you on this lovely day, sir?
4: I'm doing great, Pedro. I'm uh, here uh, sipping some water so I could uh, wash down this crow uh, from last week because <laughs> I definitely was part of the uh, the pundits that thought that Manny would not have a hard time against Ugas, and he had more than a hard time. He he was soundly beaten by a guy who fought the fight of his life. He had a game plan. He stuck by it. And, yeah, Father Time played a role into it, but I don't want to, you know, take that much credit from Ugas. Uh, he fought a perfect game plan, kept Manny at bay. And, you know, Manny just had no answers for that jab. And he looked every bit his uh, 42 years and Luis de
3: Cuba is the cube, the Cuban uh, icon. I call him man. He's one of the smartest guys I ever met in my life, and he's a uh, 420 guy as well. But the bottom line is, you know, he, him and his his kid were in that corner. They backed this Cuban guy. They bring in a lot of those Cuban fighters across the from across the pond, and they bring them to Miami and get them together, get them houses, and that. And a lot of the guys don't turn out, but you know, some do. And this guy obviously turned out big. Now, his big money fight would be a rematch with Manny Pacquiao. Um, I don't want to see a rematch with Manny Pacquiao. Although, you know, I saw Ali Holmes, and that was certainly a lot sadder than this was. I cried that night. October 2nd, yes. 1980 in, in Las Vegas. But um, I, I felt almost, nah, I felt similar. In other words, I said to myself that Manny Paco's given it his time. He's been a good man. He's bought homes for poor people in the, in, in the Philippines. He's done stuff that other fighters haven't done. And I consider him the second greatest fighter since Muhammad Ali. And I don't mean from boxing skills. I mean from his outside-of-the-ring endeavors. Do you understand where I'm coming from on that one, Sock?"
4: A thousand percent. Manny is... A, an icon worldwide, you know, and his humanitarianism in his homeland, uh, the Philippines, is is without question. He's he's a, he's he's probably a better human being than he is a fighter, and that's saying a lot, you know. Um, he's very generous with his time, his money, and he's a, a patriot. He he loves his Philippines, his his people. Um, he's a guy that lives his faith. It seems. And, um, you know, he's his legacy is not going to be last week. People know that. I mean, it, you know, it, he lost soundly, but that's boxing. I mean, a couple of years ago, we had Saddam Ali retire Miguel Cotto. You know, like, it happens. You know, you don't necessarily lose to the best guy. And Ugas, up until last week, was an ordinary fighter who who couldn't get over the hump. You know, he he couldn't against Sean Porter, although it was just debatable, you know, and and he's lost some fights that, you know, it's like, okay, this guy is what he is. He's a he's a B-level guy at best. So it happens in boxing, you know, as far as him continuing, I would lean for him to retire. But the last thing that dies on a fighter is not his power. It's not his reflexes. It's his ego. And Manny has a big ego. Yeah, I and, am, I can, and I can see a rematch.
3: Uh, and, and, and the fact that they're offering $20 million to fight. Did, you know what? I was told, in, off subject for a second, they're giving Bill Goldberg $2 million for each of those short wrestling matches he gets. Bring that up a little bit later. But yeah, as long as yeah. Manny Pacquiao is being offered $20 bucks to fight, sort of tough to walk away.
4: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Can you imagine how much $20 million would, would go in the, in the Philippines? I, I think it would stretch pretty well.
3: Well, um, um, I'm not even getting into the money in the Philippines. When I was over there, it, it cost <laughs> nothing to live there. It cost nothing to, right. to hang out there. It cost nothing to party there. It was one of the cheapest places on the planet to party. And I'm talking about party big time. If I was a big time party, Manila would have been cool. But I wasn't a big time party, so it wasn't all that great. Um, so here we have a, sort of a quiet weekend of boxing. Sort of people get to think about the the uh, the end of Manny Pacquiao, per se. But, you know, let's give him some props. I mean... He beat some good guys along the way, but had the boxing establishment actually done what was right and righteous, he wouldn't have got past those first couple of Marquez fights in the minds of like 85% of the world, okay, except for the Filipinos, I believe. And had that went a different course, I don't think he'd have been the great fighter that he was. In other words, I think he greatly benefited from the fact that Marquez had to add new muscles to beat him at 39 years old. Yeah,
4: I mean, those Marquez fights were close. I, I still think he won that first that first fight. Okay. And I think people, the, the, the heart that Marquez showed that he could have easily folded the tent after that first round <laughs> kind, kind of, you know, it's like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? And I think people gave him more credit just for going the distance. And yes, he, he did win rounds, but I still got it. I still gave that fight to Pacquiao. Okay, we and, can agree to
3: disagree on that one.
4: Yeah, you know, but um, you're, you're right. Some t- opportunity. That's what it's about, right? Sometimes just being at the right place at the right time. Okay. You know? Um, right
3: right time, right place. Robert the Ghost Guerrero, the gar, the garlic guy, of course comes to us from the garlic capital world. In fact you knew you can drive down many, many uh, highways in, in America and catch a smell and you know where you're at okay I mean like whoa anyway bad smells but when you drive through Gilroy it's nothing but garlic I kid you not year round you drive down highway 101 you drive through Gilroy California on the highway there and you can spell garlic of course that's where Robert Guerrero's from and he beat Victor Ortiz last week of course it was like a, a Rocky versus Rocky type of thing not a whole lot of skill but both guys gave it gave it their all and. The thing with Victor Ortiz is, had he given it his all years ago, he might have been a different guy. Because you know, he told me after like his sixth or seventh fight, and people remember this. He heard it on, on people that heard this on the air here, and I think he did it on H, foreign HBO TV, HBO International. He said, you know, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. And it was, he was only seven fights into this. So I was of the opinion that if you could outwill Victor Ortiz, you could beat Victor Ortiz. You see where I'm coming from there?
4: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean. The when he his when he suffered his first loss to Maidana, you know, um, a lot of people questioned his, you know, his uh, gumption, um, intestinal Ortiz, fortitude. Yeah, yeah, Stones yeah. And, and, it, and mind you, his his best fight was a fight that he picked himself off the canvas against Andre Berto, which was a really good fight, which was a fight of the year candidate. You know, um, he's probably somebody that. I mean, we know about his rough background as far as him growing up, you know, not really having a dad, and and he just, I mean, to get to where he got in life is tremendous, you know, Um, but he's, he's definitely in that wasted potential category.
3: Okay, text coming in here. I don't know if this guy's trying to be a smartass or not, but who's tougher, Robert Guerrero or his father? We'll answer that after the break. <laughs> you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC-TV Live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Satellite Radio, and like a thousand other internet platforms. The video stream coming to you on Twitch.tv and, of course, V TV as well. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, a.k.a. WBC-TV.
0: The best things in life are
6: I don't want to to predict this fight, but, you know, I'm going to promise that I I can give a good fight, you know, to to make people happy, and uh, I, I just do my best.
2: Ring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC. I don't even recognize myself anymore.
1: 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want... Just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy Pet Joy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call Pet Joy right now. 800 846 2153. that's 800-846-2153.
2: Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
0: You know, I'm just excited, uh, just excited to be back. I wish we could do a fight every night, you know me, Pedro.
3: My buddy, Nick Charles, remember he had all that beautiful hair on CNN? He was just a, he was a stud, no doubt about it, a married man for many, many a year, never fooled around his wife. It was always a pleasure to work with and see Nick Charles. May he rest in peace. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC TV, of course, WBC TV, of course, brought to you by the World Boxing Council. Check out their website, their interactive website. Got everything on it, you can imagine, WBCboxing.com. Straight up, we take it back to the East Coast, of course, on the line from the Bronx, as the Bronx Bomber himself, boxing's Ph.D. Socrates Bomber, Sock. What's on your mind? What's going
4: on? What are you thinking? What's What's going? What's clicking right now? When you, uh, you know, I, I got to admit it. I'm very intrigued that tomorrow night's Jake Paul and Woodley fight. You know, uh, I don't, you know, I I I succumb to the peer pressure. You know, I'm, I'm definitely all in on the circus tomorrow. Uh, Jake Paul and, and Woodley, and that's pretty much it on the slow boxing weekend. Uh, I, I think it's, int- it's, it's interesting. I want to see, you know, how much pride Tyrone Woodley has. You know, he's 39. He seems in great shape. You know, to let a dude basically off the street, you know, step into an arena that that's been your world for the last 20 years as far as just combat. I mean, I, I want to see. I, I want to see what Tyrone Woodley's made out of. You know, and and also Jake Paul, how how legitimate he is. You know, I, 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 yes, he's a circus. He's over the top. He's uh, the. They had a great press conference the other day. Uh, he, Tyrone Woodley called them. He didn't use exact words, but he was referring to him as a culture vulture. You know, basically a a, a white boy capitalizing off of hip hop, and and you know, basically being a fraud wearing the big chains and 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 not being from that street life so it's got a lot of... I'm interested. I'm, I'm in. That's what I'm
3: looking forward to. Okay, you're in, and I'm sitting here holding a garbage can in front of my face here on these <laughs> sports byline broadcast. Those watching on Twitch TV and WBC TV and, of course, TV as well can see me with the garbage can here. I'm not a Jake Paul fan. He's 3-0. and He's got three knockouts, but the bottom line is I'm just not a fan. Here's what's up. Here's what sort of makes the fight intriguing. The fact that Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. was beaten by Anderson Silva, something I picked about a month and a half ago because Silva was such a big guy, and Woodley is a, you know, Woodley's a good fighter. Woodley's got some good skills. And I'm not trying to say he's going to be like the next Ray Robinson or anything. like that. Take that back. In fact, we'll talk about Ray Robinson in the next segment today of the show. But the bottom line is I don't think he's going to be the next Ray letter or anything like that. But the thing is, I think Tyrone Woodley will put up a a game show. I mean, and but I don't know. What, what's a game show? I mean, what's really a game show between these two guys? You hear what I'm saying? So it's entertainment. I don't think you should right. have to pay for it. It's going to be on Showtime. I'm a little shock that is coming to you from the Fieldhouse, the the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, Ohio. So Cleveland's doing boxing again. I wonder if Joey Max is still alive back there. But the bottom line is, um, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley, it's worth watching tomorrow. night. I think I will take sneak a peek at it, only if I don't have to pay. Is that cool?
4: I'll be peeking through the fence as well, sir. I'll, be, I'll definitely I, – I, I... <laughs> I got these neighbors, and, and they got a see-through fence. I will definitely uh, be watching them. Now, fight that now
3: you know that—that's what—that's how Don King started pay-per-view back in 1951, right? Don't you know that, right? A couple of kids were fighting in the schoolyard, and he like stood <laughs> near the fence and said, "You want to watch it? I'll put you want to watch it through this hole in the fence. You got to give me some money." That was Don <laughs> King. That's how Don King. That's how Don King came alive. Of course, turned 89 years old, 90 years old last week. Haven't heard from wow. him. I called him a couple of times. He ain't a phone calls. That's him. Um, but nine years old, you look back at his legacy, man Chavez, Tyson, of course. Tyson with the 90th birthday of, of Don King coming around. Talk about the time he, he was kicking Don King's ass. And I told you about that, my buddy Isidore, the Cedar, the, the, the driver the of driver. Don King. Yeah, he, yes. he, he, who, who passed away in the last year from COVID. But he had to get out the car and try to don, defend Don against um, Mike, who was slapping around. And Mike says, You want some of this? <laughs> <laughs> you want some of this too? Anyway. Let's switch gears just for a second. Um, what story, what's the story on Caleb? we got about th- four minutes left. What's the story on this Caleb Plant, uh, Canelo Arborist thing? Did, did Al Heyman really try to put a gun to Canelo Arborist's head and get him to sign an extensive promotional contract with PBC or he wasn't going to get a shot at that magic fourth belt that he wants so badly?
4: It seems that that was the carrot they were waving at him. I mean, you hear so many stories about why it was stalled. Caleb uh, gave an interview on ESPN and he said um, that basically it was on him that, that he blames Canelo. He said that we had to wait for him to get married and he had a golf tournament. He was basically painting out Canelo to be a diva and that he, they gave in to all, their, to all their demands. But according to Plant, it was a rematch clause that if Plant that originally this is kind of like a winner take all. No rematches. Then, supposedly, Canelo uh, wanted a rematch if, in case they lost. Uh, but there was no rematch on the Plant side. So, whatever happened, only, only, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there in the negotiations. I haven't seen any of the paperwork. But,
3: but, 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 he, but even if even if Plant beat Canelo, where the hell could he go
4: but a rematch? Absolutely. Exactly. I, I, exactly. And and I'm sure Canelo's in mindset, just like the world is. Caleb Plant needs me more than I need him, you know. So I mean, it's a it's a trinket, you know. It's yes, it's history. It's the first time the super middleweight division w- is going to be wiped out, you know, which is pretty remarkable considering the fact that you know some of the best fighters of all time has fought in super middleweight at some point in their career, and it's never happened. Um, like I said, I don't know until I see the paperwork. Have you heard
3: anything? Uh, That's what I'm hearing. I just just voiced uh, what I've been hearing in my
4: ear.
3: uh, September the 11th, Oscar Valdez, the world champion, 130 pounds, the linear WBC linear and WBC world champion, of course, is on ESPN, unbeaten, 126-pound champion, now 130-pound champion, taking on Robinson Cunceo. Cunceo beat him in the amateur, so there's some bad blood here, and Oscar's going to get to do it in Tucson, Arizona. And I don't know if you know his story or not, but he was born in Mexico and raised in Tucson.
4: I did not know that. I, I didn't know that. That's, uh, that's always cool. Whenever these guys have that amateur history, it's always an easy way to build a fight. Uh, Oscar Valdez, who is climbing on that pound-for-pound ranking after his brilliant performance against uh, Brichelt. Uh, looking forward to seeing him back in action.
3: Nobody should. I'll, I'll repeat it again. And I, I may be repeating myself and sounding like I'm redundant. But when he got down in his hands and knees afterwards and thanked Brichelt when Brichelt was on that stool in, in a messed up condition, this and that that was the classiest picture I've seen in decades.
4: That was. That was. It, it was um, kind of like earlier you mentioned Arguello. I remember as a kid watching Arguello go to Mancini and, and, and picking him up and saying how that it's not the end of the world, that he's going to be a, a world champion. You know, so it's, there is good, you know, good sportsmanship is not dead.
3: One of these days, we got to talk about, man, senior Arguello and all that kind of good stuff because I was there. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Socrates Palmer, a wonderful weekend to you. Say hello to the family and, of course, the young man as well. I hope he's doing well.
4: He's doing great, Pedro. Thank you for having me on. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.
3: Boxing's PhD. I'm talking about Socrates Palmer Jr., exclusively on Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC TV. You're tuned to the longest-running fight show in history, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, often imitated, but as you can see, never duplicated.
2: If you're into collectibles, there's only one way to go, and that's with Andy Maddock. You can get in touch with Andy by calling him at 805-657-0533, or by going to andybuyscards.com. Whether you're interested in buying or selling any kind of collectible, it's time to get in touch with the one and only Andy Matic. Call Andy at 805-657-0533, or go to andybuyscards.com.
1: Again, that's 800-449-1759.
0: Hi, this is Marsha Hawkins of Elevating with Marsha. Join me this week on my podcast. We're going to be talking about sports, of course. We're going to be talking about the economy, the rising gas prices, inflation, the deficit, and everything as it pertains to either your personal finances, your business, and the world economy as a whole. Join me this week on Elevating with Marsha, Sirius XM 203, 217, and on the app, 967 Sports Byline, the USA Radio Network.
3: Thank you, Pedro. You going to run
0: tomorrow?
3: I'll be ready. You going to run tomorrow morning? Yeah, 5.30. I'm leaving tomorrow at 10. I'll run with you tomorrow morning.
1: Okay, babe. Right.
4: okay.
3: Running with Sugar Ray Robinson, the greatest welterweight of all time, bar none, including the great Sugar Ray Robinson as well. Of course, Warren Walker-Smith in 1919, of course, a stellar amateur career. He lost one fight, I think he was 30, and one as an amateur, was Sugar Ray Robinson. Of course, he captured the World Welterweight Championship, and I think he was undefeated in like 43 or 44 fights when he, and he got that title. Of course, he never lost at welterweight, but the bottom line is, outside of beating... Tommy Bell for the title, and Keith Gavilan, who was aged at that point in time. Of course, the Cuban warrior who I mistakenly gave a microphone to back in like the early 1990s, I gave him a microphone in Miami, Florida. I knew. Listen, you don't give microphones to ex-fighters that you haven't talked to before, and you don't give uh, microphones to kids, okay? And animals like that kind of, animals, of course, they're also part of live TV. When animals are part of live TV, you never know what's going on. But I gave Kid Gavilan the mic, and I had to snatch it back out of his hand after about 35 seconds. He was in bad shape. Anyway, bottom line is, oh, speaking of Kid Gavilan, guess how he got around in his later days. WBC pension. That's right. The World Boxing Council took care of him. I asked him about that. How are you paying your bills? He goes, Jose sends me a check each month. Jose was sending him a grand a month. Jose Suleiman, the founder, and of course the former president of the World Boxing Council. His son, Mauricio Suleiman. We hope to have him on the show real soon. Anyway, back to Ray Robinson. So He wins the World Welterweight Championship against Tommy Bell. He defends it against Kid Gavilan. Outside of that, it doesn't do a whole lot. Moves up to 160 pounds. Of course, then he fights guys like, you know, Carmen Basilio. I mean, he fought Carmen. Carmen was a former welterweight champion, so he fights Carmen at 160 pounds. Carmen's a little tiny guy. He's an onion farmer. Of course, Carmen came on the show a couple of times. One time he said that I couldn't sing. Remember that one when he burned me for not having, having spent the money my mother gave me on singing lessons? Anyway, another time he came on the show, and he said, I said to him, How is this Ray Robinson thing? Is he the greatest fighter of all time? And I spent time with Ray Robinson. I mean, it's not like I'm biasing him or anything like that. So, uh, But I asked. I asked uh, the Onion Farmer, that's right, that's what he was called, the Onion Farmer, from upstate New York, uh, Carmen Basilio, was Ray Robinson the greatest fighter of all time? He goes, how could he be if I beat him? And then when he beat me, it was a split decision. He barely beat me in the rematch. If he beat me, he barely beat me in the rematch. So what I'm trying to tell you is that he wasn't the greatest fighter of all time. Was he good for that point in time in boxing? Yes. And that's the way Carmen left it. And that's the way I sort of look at it. I mean, all in all, I think his record was 174 wins, 19 losses, 6 draws, with 109 knockouts. Of course, got knocked out that one time when he got burned by the heat, he says, against light heavyweight champion Joey Maxim. I think that was in the Las Vegas heat. I don't know, somewhere in the heat. Anyway, bottom line is the ring temperature went to like 103, 104 degrees, and uh, Robinson bowed out, I think, after 12 rounds. Of course, Maxim told me time and time again, mentioned on the show, that it wasn't the heat that kicked Ray Robinson's ass that day. It was him, but that denied Ray Robinson of a 175-pound championship, and he never went back after after that. But at 160 pounds, you know, he lost to Joey. I take that he lost to Joey Giardello in 1963. That was probably last his last big fight, as far as you know. But he beat guys like you know Rocky Graziano, four years past his, his prime, four years past his title reign at welterweight champion. Um, and of course, then he beat who else? Middleweight champion, and then of course he beat um, Bob Olson, Carl Boba Olson. Of course, the guy that introduced in his last public event, I guess circa about 1998, 1999, somewhere up in Sacramento area for some boxing hall of fame up there. But the bottom line is he beat Carl Bobos and, you know, the guys that he beat, they weren't all that great. I mean, you've got to, I don't just, what I'm trying to tell you is history will look at Ray Robinson and keep giving him all these accolades, accolades, accolades and saying he was the greatest fighter of all time, but he wasn't. He just wasn't. I mean, numbers prove you know that he had a lot of fights. But if you look at his record, he fought guys who were two and six, and thirty-five, and and ninety, and I'm t- I'm not exaggerating. He fought a lot of bums. I mean, a lot of. Bums. I'll go down the list here for you. Harvey uh, McCullough. The last two fights he won of, of note, uh, McCullough was what Uh seven and twenty-six, and he beat McCullough twice. You know, both ten round decisions, and that was in Richmond. Uh, Richmond. Uh, Ohio, and then I think in Cleveland. But the bottom line is he fought a whole lot of bums. And other times he fought uh, Earl Bestings, who was 12 and 11. Um, Jimmy Beacham, not a bad fighter back in the day, but he was 41 and 30 at the time. Of course, Joey Beltretti, he was like 7 and 3. I can go on and on, 12 and 6, 45 and 15, 21 and 32, 6 and 25, 21 and 10. Ray Robinson got a lot of wins, but Ray Robinson beat that many great fighters. So I'm going to have to say this. As far as being the greatest fighter of all time, nah, no way. As far as the greatest welterweight of all time, that ain't even close. I remember when he told me one time in 1984, I had him alone in the Aladdin Hotel. He was standing across from me. We were at the Alexis Arguel. Uh, no, no, the Tommy Hearns-Roberto Duran fight when Tommy flattened Roberto in two rounds. Big fat ass Roberto came to town thinking, well, maybe I can get through this one. Until he looked up and realized how big he was. He realized he was in for the, the fight of his life. Anyway, so Duran knocks out. I mean, Duran gets knocked out by Hearns, and I go back to the Aladdin Hotel, and, and Sugar Ray was staying in the Sugar Ray and his wife Millie were staying in the room across from us. I think about about the fifth floor of the old hotel, and he called me into his room, and you know, he sat me down. He had a pink bathroom on. He had this pink shower cap on. All the way, all the way, Sugar Ray, no doubt about that. Of course, he was known for pink Cadillacs and things like that, pink robes. Anyway, so we're talking. We're talking about Leonard. We're talking about Duran. We're talking about Hearns, and he was telling me that that he thought that. That, that Duran's accomplishments, even though he had been knocked out by Hearns that night prior, were greater than Tommy Hearns. <clears throat> and I was like, whoa. He said, yeah, you know, Tommy beat up a guy that's like 25, 30 pounds lighter than him. Big deal. That's the way Sugar Ray Robinson put it. So then when I brought up Sugar Ray Leonard, or the man born Ray Charles Leonard, the namesake of Ray Charles, um, the late singer, he, um, he said to me, he looked over. And I think he was searching for the proper response because, you know, this was going to be history, no doubt about that thought. So I said, so talk to me about Ray, Ray, Ray Leonard. He goes, well, he's just a faster version of me, and he punches CRISPR. So if he punches CRISPR, then Ray Robinson— Ray Robinson is trying to say, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard is a better fighter than me. And I think he was. I think hands down. I mean, when you look at Ray and some of the fights that he had, he won the big ones until he got old. He won the big ones. Ray Robinson was losing fights. To, you know, I mean, he lost fights he shouldn't have lost. And some people say, well, he was just losing so he can win the rematch and make some money. Well, if that was a businessman businessman type of thing, more power to him. At the end of the day, I just don't think that Ray Robinson was the greatest fighter of all time. I really don't. Tyson Fury in training camp, according to Kenny Rainford and his uh, Kenny Rainford, Kenny Rainford, of course, our U.K. agent, the boxing ambassador of goodwill, coming to us from the U.K., of course, the Queen's best asset when it comes to the world of boxing. No doubt about that. But Kenny's saying that Tyson Fury has been training three weeks, In the U.K., and he's he's going to leave in three weeks for eight weeks of training here in the United States. But he's looking sharp for the last few weeks training in the U.K., of course. Tyson Fury, the world linear champion, still to take on in that third fight, Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, 2004 Olympic bronze medalist, the Bronx bomber. I don't know. Listen, he can punch. His TV, I mean, his punches are like... You know, must win, must see TV as far as when he knocks people out, when he hits people. But guess what? One guy got up from that, not once, but twice. And that was Tyson Fury. And the fact that he got up, you know, in that 12th round, whoa, that was a, that was like a stunner. Because he sort of looked like The Undertaker. You know, like one of those WWE matches, like laying there a dead man this night. I didn't think Tyson Fury was getting up. And then he was like, he just bounced up. And, of course, he says, how did I get up? I don't know. But the bottom line is Tyson Fury showed incredible will. In both fights, because I think he won both fights, of course, the one they called a draw, and then the second time around, I mean, he, he, he could, listen, if he and Deontay Wilder were boyfriend and boyfriend, he would have been arrested for domestic violence. He beat up on Deontay so bad in that second fight. I mean, he blitzed him. And of course, Wilder coming back with, "Oh, it was a mask I was carrying to the ring. It was too heavy, and my oh my shoes were bad, and oh the gloves were um the gloves. Were, you know, he thumbed me, and then the gloves were altered and this kind of good stuff. I mean, every conspiracy in the entire world. The oh wait wait wait, and Mark Breland, his trainer, put volumes in his water." That's what he accused his trainer of. He accused his trainer in print and on television, and in media, that Mark Breland, the 1984 Olympic gold medalist, greatest amateur maybe of all time, but not the greatest pro of all time, but that Mark Breland, his tra- head trainer, had put animal, uh, animal, uh, uh volumes, volumes like Xanax, something like that, mellowing pillows in his water. And that's what took away from his performance, and that was the reason why he lost. Come on, man. You were getting pounded on like, like a drum. I'm serious. And then finally the drum skin broke and you were down and you were done. So I can't understand why Deontay Wilder even deserves a third fight other than the fact that he was slick enough in, in, uh, in these, uh, what do they call that? when they, uh, they have these little negotiations and he was slick enough. Oh, arbitration. He was slick enough to win an arbitration case because he wasn't going to get this fight. It was supposed to be Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury hooking it up in Arabia for like half the money in the world or something like that, right? A lot, a lot of money. But that fight ain't going to happen because... Uh, Deontay Wilder prevailed in this type of arbitration And it was binding arbitration Most arbitrations I've been involved with There's three or four of them which I advise people And one which I was involved with myself The non-binding arbitration What non-binding arbitration means is You don't have to go along with what the arbitrators say But binding arbitration You gotta go And of course Tyson Fury lost the binding arbitration Deontay Wilder thus the third fight Now will the third fight be any different from the first two I mean think about this and the first two fights, they fought like 19 rounds, maybe 19 rounds, right? How many of them did Tyson Fury lose? Two, the so both rounds of which he got knocked out. And outside of that, he was winning. I mean, he owned Deontay Wilder. That's why I can't. That's why unless Deontay is looking for a cash grab, I can't understand why he would want to come back and like take the lick, and he's going to take this third time and he, goes, he says always says, oh, "I want to go out on my shield. I want to go out." You're going to get a chance, pal. You're going to get your opportunity to go out on your shield, believe me. You're going to get your opportunity to go out on your shield, and you win, and you will when they finally hook up in the third fight. Of course, they've got a date set on that, but I hate coming up with a date because every time I come up with a date for these fights, they keep canceling and canceling and postponing it and postponing it, so we'll just put that on reserve for the moment. Bottom line is the sport of boxing, of course, coming up with a pay-per-view tomorrow that I'm not high on, but, you know, some people might get off on it. Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley, of course, the MMA fighter, of course, coming back to – and coming to the world of boxing, I think he had a couple amateur fights. I'm not sure, but he's going to take on Jake Paul. A lot of people are intrigued by that. More power to you. 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on the, West, on the East Coast, 5 o'clock on the West Coast. Um, that is, of course, is coming to you on Showtime from the Rocket Mortgage, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, Ohio. Coming up on the boxing schedule, of course, the 11th, Oscar De La Hoya and Vitor Belfort. Of course, that's going to be uh, on a, some type of fight, and in-demand pay-per-view coming to us from the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California. So, Oscar thinks... He's going to be able to pack. Oscar, you ain't no Ryan Garcia. You're an old dude, bro. And unless you've got something going on and you're giving away free tickets, I can't see this being a big money event. I just can't. I mean, Oscar De La Hoya, last time we saw you, you were being reduced to boxing rubble by Manny Pacquiao. Remember that? Manny Pacquiao reduced you to boxing rubble. And we saw what happened to Manny Pacquiao recently. So Oscar De La Hoya coming back after losing to Pacquiao and wanting to take on an MMA fighter in Tyrone Woodley. Good luck, Tyrone Woodley. I hope Tyrone Woodley mops the floor with Oscar De La Hoya. Why? Because these guys are perpetrating frauds upon the American public. Yeah, it sort of looks good. It's a decent attraction, this net, But they're perpetrating a fraud. I mean, it would be like, listen, it would be like a plumber taking on an electrician. That's probably the best way I could put it. They both work in the house. They work, we're both on work, they both work on aspects in, within the house and maintaining the house, but they do totally different things. And that's this MMA unboxing type of thing. Of course, the one exception to the rule was Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., the laziest Mexican I've ever met. I take that back. Not the laziest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to be. Let me tell you, this guy was born in the suburbs, okay, with a mansion and people waiting on him and people feeding him and all that kind of good stuff where his father hung out. In a railroad car in Tijuana. That's how he did his preliminary days. He lived in a railroad car. That's right. Like on the tracks. I kid you not. He had a bed inside of a railroad. That was his house. He lived in, along with some other fighters. They lived in railroad cars on the tracks. That's how they survived in Tijuana. Now, the son, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., not so much. I mean he captured the WBC middleweight title and that was probably uh, he was probably very fortunate to do that. But outside of that, he's done nothing and he shamed his father and his father's not afraid to come out and say that this kid shames me and his father won't his father won't support all this not doing not being hundred percent, not being two thousand percent into the fight game because you know, he was. I mean, Chavez Chavez didn't have too many Chavez Senior didn't have too many limits. Limitations. He, didn't, he lost to Pernell Whitaker. I mean, Pernell, like, gangster slapped him in that, that, that bout they had down there in the Alamo Dome, I think, there in San Antonio, Texas. But outside of that, Julio Cesar Chavez, pretty solid fighter. I mean, one of the most greatest fighters of all time, probably Mexico's greatest fighter, outside of maybe Salvador Sanchez. Of course, Salvador Sanchez, his career was cut short in 1982, of course, when he ran into the back of that chicken truck after getting some nookie. Bottom line is, he paid for it dearly. Nookie. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live worldwide in WBC TV. Things like this happen. Um, the best man won tonight, but my 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 my, my coat, my side, threw in the towel, and you know I'm ready to go out on my shield, man. You know what I'm saying? I had a lot of things going on coming into this fight, but it is what it is. You know, my I, I was already, my leg was
1: already recoming in due to other little things, but you know I made no excuses tonight. I just wish that my corner would have let me win out on my shield. I'm a
2: warrior. Ring Talk, live worldwide, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council. Um, How did I get up from the knockdowns?
0: I don't know. Let's get out of this hot sun into a nice, cool bar.
2: In a few minutes, honey. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. The guitar of my good buddy, Mr. Jeff Tamalier, of course, with the
3: Starship Tower of Power Average White Band. Speaking of Average White Band, Tower of Power, speaking of Tower of Power, they're supposed to play tomorrow at Sigma Stern Grove here in the city by the bay, but guess what? The the, the grove got flooded out by like 90,000 gallons of water. Like 90,000 gallons of water, so... It's a flood scene. It's not going to happen. The concert won't happen this week. So good luck to Tower of Power. I think Brent Carter was coming out from the East Coast to do the lead on that. Of course, he being the current lead for AWB. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside. Look into the world of boxing, MMA. You know, in the past couple of weeks, I've gotten some bad news regarding the health of my friends. Of course, Ralph Sapp, who I grew up with. I mean, he was like my mother's best friend. Was his My, my mother's best friend was his mother in this. Net. He had like three strokes, you know, and that was brought on by smoking, the doctor says. But the bottom line is... Things aren't looking all that good for him. He's an SF general, as I speak. And now, the guy that lived in the same building, his, his landlord was also one of my best buddies growing up, and we still talk, one of my closest friends of all time, Bobby A., the DJ Bobby Antonelli, he's now in the hospital with COVID. So I don't know what to say other than, make, you know, may, may the health, may everything go in their favor. But the bottom line is, if you didn't take the vaccine, you brought this spit on yourself. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking for the world of boxing MMA. Of course, we also are brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC. Check them out at wbcboxing.com. We come back with a Sunday edition, Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel, and of course, Veeve TV. This is Ring Talk live worldwide, but hey, you know that.